This is NTL Now, your Northern Tier League sports podcast. NTL Now is brought to you by Circle W Sports, the new name in the game for high school sports. Now let's join the hosts of NTL Now, along with Joe Carrion, here's Shane Wilbur. It's another week for the Northern Tier League Now podcast. Welcome back, listeners, as we are ready to go for a jacked-up week here in the Northern Tier League. We've got so much to cover. I'm Shane Wilbur, joined across the table by the returning Joe Carrion. And, Joe, so glad to have you back after a couple weeks' hiatus. I know. It wasn't planned, but unfortunately when you own a business and crazy things happen... These things happen. Hey, you know, like I told the listeners out there, though, it wasn't all your fault, okay? Some things, of course, were my fault as well. I mean, schedules kind of get jumbled up sometimes, but hey, that doesn't matter because the fact is the band is back together this week. We are ready to go, and folks, we've got a jam-packed show that we've got to get through today, okay? So, for this podcast, we've got to touch on uh, some around the NTL, find out some things going on around the league. Also, of course, uh, district soccer getting underway as well, so we'll kind of update you on some upcoming brackets for that. And, of course, you know, we can't leave out the pigskin because we've got uh, league football rivalry week. District 4 football's on the horizon. Standings, of course, of the utmost importance. And, of course, volleyball is still on the regular season end as they still got a little bit of time left to finish out uh, the regular season. But uh, we are going to have a big slice of humble pie served to us coming up here a little bit later on in the podcast. Joe, we're going to get the opportunity to sit down with head coach Jennifer Nowry from North Penn Liberty. And all they've done since we thought they were going to be on the downslide this season with a brand new group, all they've done is gone undefeated, and I think they've only dropped one set all season. Yeah, they've pretty much dominated every game they've played. I watched them play Troy a few weeks ago. It's incredible just how far that team has come. I know they've got a lot of youth, but it seems like North Penn Liberty Volleyball has a system that has been in place for the last four or five years, and even with these new girls upcoming through the ranks of the varsity squad, it's still in place. It's going to be an absolute uh, fun time and joyous time to sit down with uh, Coach Nowry. Definitely looking forward to that coming up here in just a little bit. But we will get to that coming up a little bit later. Also, we'll get to your pigskin talk. We'll break down Northern Tier League and District 4 football action coming up here as we uh, head towards the latter part of the podcast. But first, as we always do here at the beginning, we love to take uh, that little trip around the Northern Tier League, you know, find out exactly some other uh unknown or under the radar headlines that have been uh, floating around the Northern Tier League this year and uh, this week I guess I should say like within the past week and uh, I guess the first thing to do is to uh, head to Kalineski Valley as the golfing has really taken shape over there Uh, Andrew Outman a stellar performance uh, for the Kalineski Valley Indians at the state golf championships yeah he's really uh, I I mean I don't say he's he's really killing it out there um, and he's been a dominant player all year long so we're not surprised that he is at states really dominating competition I really feel like I owe him a big apology because in last week's podcast uh, the only one that I was aware participating was Ty Morrill from Wellsboro and then all of a sudden I'm kind of tracking you know some of the tweets and everything going out and then all of a sudden you know Andrew's finishing second at the state tournament so Andrew that's a big my bad on my part but uh, still kudos to you Uh, Kalineski Valley High School in general, I mean, man, the fall athletes that they've had coming up here uh, throughout the season, I mean, they've got a lot of great things going on out there throughout their sports programs, and uh, Andrew Outman just adding to the success that they've had here in this fall season. Yeah, it's been incredible to watch. I know a lot of people out there are very proud of what he's doing, and we're going to keep following you, bud. That's right. So congratulations, Andrew, on your stellar performance uh, out there at State. Now, of course, uh, as we said, 
District soccer time around the horizon uh, for us. Uh, some games already getting underway earlier this week. Uh, still some games uh, going on in the present time as well. Uh, what we're going to do is we're going to give you kind of some futuristic outlook here as far as what's coming up here in the Northern Tier League uh, as far as district soccer goes. Now, uh, looking at some upcoming matchups here, you've got uh, on the boys' side now in the Class A bracket, okay? Here's one for you. Northeast Bradford, that's right, the Panther boys. They will be heading to Danville High School coming up Saturday, 4 o'clock start. They will take on the South Williamsport Mountaineers. So you've got Northeast Bradford, South Williamsport coming up Saturday at Danville High School. That's a 4 o'clock start going on there. And, of course, uh, I know Panther Pride will definitely follow Northeast uh, on that track. On to the AA bracket where you've got the Wellsboro boys in action. They are actually going to be at Central Columbia coming up Saturday where they will take on Danville. That will be the 4-5 matchup in District 4 AA boys. Central Columbia, 4 o'clock this Saturday for Wellsboro and Danville. Now, of course, uh, you know, the uh, Troy boys are actually in action uh, as we are recording this podcast. So good luck to Troy as they are taking on Warrior Run. If Troy is able to win that tonight at Loyal Sock, uh, they will actually be taking on Loyal Sock High School Saturday at Danville. But Troy's got to take care of business uh, against Warrior Run as we are recording this. So good luck to Troy, and hopefully we'll get a chance to maybe talk about them. Uh, coming up next week and uh, looking at some other action yet uh, you've got uh, the completed season for the Williamson Warrior Boys soccer team so congratulations to them on earning a district berth uh, their season has come to a close after they were defeated by Milton uh, in earlier action in the district playoffs but uh, good season though for Milton uh, or for Williamson I should say uh, as they are defeated uh, by Milton earlier in action and of course uh, looking at uh, the class AAA boys uh, defending District 4 champion Athens actually coming into the district playoffs as the number two seed in AAA they will be in a district semifinal Saturday at Loyal Sock where they will take on third seeded Jersey Shore that will be a two o'clock start for Athens and Jersey Shore coming up on Saturday. So, Joe, as you can tell, the Northern Tier League boys, uh, you know, continuing on, going to be a lot of weekend action, a lot of Saturday action out there. So uh, maybe the Northern Tier area is going to be a little empty this weekend given the fact that a lot of families have to travel for some soccer coming up this weekend. Yeah, a lot of good action coming. And also we got a lot of girls action about oh, ready to start gosh. too. Oh, my gosh. I know, like the girls uh, soccer action as well. Really picking up. Uh, I know a big matchup coming up here in girls soccer action will actually be uh, for Troy and Tawanda. They are actually going to meet for a third time this season. I mean, seriously, playing a team twice in a year is tough enough. And now you've got Troy girls, Tawanda girls. That will be uh, Thursday night at Loyal Sock. For the third time this year, I can't imagine what's going through the minds of the coaches for Troy and, and Tawanda you, right now on the girls' side. When you play a team three times, you really kind of have a beat on what each other does. So this is going to be a this is going to be a slugfest, Shane. I think that I'm I'm going to go down there and and cover this for the paper. I'm excited to watch these girls play Tawanda. I can't believe that they you know they're going to match up again, and you know I'm I'm sure that uh, the Troy girls. I mean, they got the lone win. Now Tawanda and Troy tied the first matchup. Troy actually won one nothing in their last matchup, but I mean it's very tight between these two schools, and you know you got districts uh, added into it. I mean you were just amping up the competition right now and just ramping up nerves as you're getting ready for a big district matchup and, like this. And just to have one goal score between these two teams and two matchups is huge. You can I think we know that. Again, tomorrow night is going to be a defensive battle for sure. And also, I want to give props to uh, the Williamson girls for uh, playing a decent game against uh, Tawanda. But Tawanda obviously got the better end of that the matchup. But congrats to the Williamson girls on making districts and having a good season. Awesome. Good way to uh, segue into more soccer action here. Now, the Wyloosing Lady Rams, okay? They are going to be in another uh, district soccer matchup coming up Saturday. They are going to be in the Class A bracket. They will be taking on second-seeded Southern Columbia. Now, from what I understand, I think they had to reseed this bracket. Uh, from when they were first released, I believe Southern Columbia was actually brought in as the 
two seed or as the one seed, and East Juniata was the two. But I think there was a little clerical error, mathematical error. So East Juniata actually ends up becoming the one. Southern Columbia is now the two, and Wyalusing will play Southern Columbia at Hughesville coming up Saturday afternoon. That will be a four o'clock start. Uh, down in Hughesville coming up on Saturday. Uh, looking at some other NTL action, we covered uh, Troy and Tawanda in the AA bracket. Uh, some other action coming up in AAA action where the Athens girls are actually the top seed in AAA. They will play the Mifflinburg Wildcats on Saturday in a district semifinal in AAA. That will be at noon at Loyal Sox. So you got the Athens girls, Mifflinburg girls coming up at noon on Saturday. Uh, at Loyal Sock High School. So, yes, a full slate of District 4 soccer action there. And, of course, as we always do here on the podcast, hey, we want to wish best of luck to all of our teams uh, competing either at uh, present time or also uh, the ones that are getting ready for some future matchups here down the road. And, I mean, to see so much representation out of the Northern Tier League in soccer is just its great for the sport. It's great for the league to get out there and get uh, so much uh, recognition in this district postseason. Yeah, and we've had some great games this year in girls' soccer, too. I mean – Talking about, you know, all the, the Athens and Troy matchups and, and seeing uh, the Wyalusing girls out there in the A bracket. I think it's going to be it's going to be an interesting Thursday through Saturday to see how it all transpires, Shane. That's very true. Now, of course, uh, as districts are rolling around here uh, quickly as we get uh, ready to head into the postseason uh, for volleyball, I want to quickly just update you on what's coming up here in the Northern Tier League volleyball standings because I know a lot of you out there may be wondering, okay, how is the, the regular season breaking down here? Well, uh, as we said uh, earlier in the podcast, you know, we're going to be talking with head coach Jennifer Nowry uh, from North Penn Liberty and for good reason because right now uh, Coach Nowry and the Lady Mounties sit atop the large school standings. They are 16-0 and overall. 13-0 in the league. Right behind them, of course, you've got Wellsboro at 16-3, 11-2 overall in the league. Uh, Tawanda sitting above 500 at 11-6, 8-6 in the large school. And Athens 9-7 overall. They are 500 in the league uh, at 7-7. Seven seven. Now on to the small school. What a great season for the Lady Warriors of Canton right now. 13-3. In the uh, season so far, they are actually 12-3 and three, uh, in the league. But, uh, man, that's a great season for the Lady Warriors. And I'm telling you, those senior girls, they've got to be stoked for the year they've put together so far, knowing that, you know, they've got a district berth coming up here shortly. Yeah, and even in the losses, the, two of their losses came against Wellsboro and North Penn Liberty, two of the top teams in the league right now. And they, they played them tough. So I think that these Canton, these Lady Warriors are going to make some noise when districts roll around. That's right. So you've got uh, also in the small school, the Wyalusing Lady Rams. They are 11-9 and nine overall, 8-7 and seven in the league. Northeast Bradford is 10-7 and seven overall, 7-7 seven and seven in the league. Now, in that league play, Northeast Bradford is actually one of Canton's losses. Canton did suffer defeat to the Lady Panthers, uh, I think it was like a week ago, over at Northeast Bradford. So uh, if those two teams may meet up a little bit later on in districts, that might uh, be a little interesting coming up later on. And then uh, rounding out the rest of the Northern Tier League small school division, you've got Kowineski Valley, Sarah and Williamson uh, rounding out the small school. So there is your Northern Tier League volleyball standings here as we get ready to uh, segue out. All right, so that right there will uh, complete this first session of the Northern Tier League Now podcast. Joe, I think it's time that uh, we step aside. We're going to thank our friends from Circle W Sports. And when we come back, well, we get that big slice of humble pie served to us by head coach Jennifer Nowry from North Penn Liberty. I didn't bring a fork. I didn't bring a napkin. I didn't bring a plate. I'm not prepared. Neither am I. And I didn't bring one for the whole season because I guess I'm just a little too cocky. But, I mean, Jennifer really showed us up. Oh, man, looking forward to it. So, uh, yes, you uh, sit back and relax. We're going to step aside. We're going to thank our friends from Circle W Sports. And when we come back, we'll talk with head coach Jennifer Nowry from the North Penn Liberty Mounties volleyball team right here on the Northern Tier League Now podcast. Growing up in a small town. It's important to get your name out there if you want to play at the next level. Circle W Sports helped me get the exposure I needed. It's really been a one-stop shop for college coaches where they can go in there and they can find information about not only one player, but the rest of our team, guys that they might have thought they were interested in before they went to the website. So Circle W has really done that. It links highlight films, contact information, and everything that the coach would need. Circle W Sports, the new name in the game for high school sports. 
joined here on the Northern Tier League Now podcast by North Penn Liberty head volleyball coach Jennifer Nowry. And Joe, I got to tell you, okay, I think we're both going to end up eating a big piece of humble pie here, given the fact that, uh, you know, we, we are not volleyball masters. And, you know, we just, you, you kind of have that assumption that, you know, when a team loses a bunch of seniors, they're supposed to take a step back. And unfortunately, well, I guess I should say fortunately for North Penn Liberty's coach, Jennifer Nowry, that didn't happen. So, Coach, you are here on the Northern Tier League Now podcast. Please, please give us our big piece of humble pie knowing that uh, we were wrong in our uh, thoughts that you might take a step back this year. <laughs> well, I do not think that you were alone in that assumption. Um, and I think that that's a valid assumption. You know, when a team loses a whole bunch of of really quality players like we did last year. Um, I think there is kind of that assumption that comes along the following season, but we had a fantastic, you know, backup team. <laughs> so we have all of these girls who have played for years um, and who were able to just step right up into those big shoes and just fill them brilliantly. So, you know, we're very fortunate um, to have all of these experienced players. That's so cool to find out, you know, that uh, you had this talent just sitting there and waiting in the wings. But uh, be honest, I mean, there was kind of a, a thought in the back of your mind saying, you know what, I know my team's going to have some growing pains. I, I really didn't think we'd be 15-0, and 16-0 and sitting at this point in the season. You had to think there was going to be some growing pains, right? So absolutely. I think when you start off a new season, especially for me, this is my first uh, year coaching varsity. So I think all of us in the beginning were kind of, you know, curious to see how things were going to pan out. We were all kind of just, um, you know, getting to know each other a little bit more, even though I've coached a lot of these girls in the past. Um, but, yeah, I think you're always going into the season kind of wondering, hey, you know, how are we going to do? How is, what are we going to do when we get to those big challenges? And, and how is it going to work out? But we have taken it one game at a time. Um, we have had a great time at practices, you know, working on things like defense and working on, um, different rotations, and we have really had a great season. We really had a great time together um, as well. So, um, yeah, there definitely are some times when you're you're kind of wondering how it's all going to work out. But um, you know, it's, it's just been wonderful. We just have been um, having a great time. We've had these girls who have stepped up and really um, given it their all with determination. So, so far, so good. Coach, I was one of the. Uh, proponent, I guess I won't say proponent, anti-proponents of this team in the preseason. I said, you know, like like Shane said, you're going to take a step back. When I heard Coach Smith has stepped down, I really kind of questioned the uh, how good this team could be in NTL competition. I really didn't even have you guys on the map, but you've, you've far exceeded my expectations, and I think a lot of other people's. What has big been one of the biggest proponents of your success this year? I know we talked about uh, you guys have won these these critical games. You talked about how good these girls are, but what is one of the things that has made this team so good? Is it is it their teamwork? So, is it yeah. their skill position yeah. players? Both. <laughs> so, and one thing I've told these girls over and over is they are such team players. Um, you know, not only are they pretty much pre-skilled in their positions and they know what to do when they get on the court, but they're all friends and they all like each other and they all work together. And they also all kind of trust the people around them. So that all comes from knowing the people that you're, you're playing with very well. You know, these girls have been playing together for years. But it also comes with kind of a confidence, I think. And I love to, to remind these girls, you know, get on the court. Play with confidence. Play the way that you know you can play. <clears throat> and just let them do it. You know, they, they're having a great season because they're relaxed and they're enjoying it. And, um you know, they do, they know each other really well. They have great chemistry together. So I think not only are they super skilled, but they're great team players. They're all working together, you know, for that common goal. So, Coach, do you think it's benefited your squad kind of flying under the radar a little bit? Because like we said, not a lot of people picked you to be up near the top of the NTL. Has that benefited your squad, or do you think that has nothing to do with it? Um, I think in, in the beginning, yes. I think as we started um, our campaign and just had – you know, victory after victory. Um, right off the bat, we also went to a tournament and won the tournament. So I think people, that kind of woke people up right away and said, oh, wait, hey, they're doing better than we thought they were going to do. Um, 
And so then I think people started taking notice of our record, and you know, we just kind of kept winning. So <laughs> pretty good. I mean, it's been, you know, such an incredible run this year for the North Penn Liberty Mounties. And, you know, for a lot of folks out there who don't follow volleyball, I mean, this squad, you know, given, you know, last year's class, this year's class, I mean, for this program, this has really been like, what, a two to three year dominant section here going on. I mean, uh, what's it like being around, you know, that type of environment? I mean, how do you keep these girls focused uh, or I guess I should say hungry in a manner, you know, when they're so used to success? Yeah, so I think um, they just love the game. Um, you know, I don't, I don't necessarily feel that every game they're going into it. You know, we have to win. I think there is that, of course, but it's also that love of the sport. You know, they love to play. They they look for it. They can't wait to practice. They can't wait to play in the games. And for a lot of these girls, it's something they do year round. We have a lot of players who play on club teams all year, and they've done that for years and years. So. When I talk about experienced players, it's not just, you know, playing in the in the scholastic season. It's also joining club teams, playing with other types of players, um, you know, going up against different types of competition. So they've got a lot of background in the sport, but also they all just love the sport. So um, I think there's that. So earlier in the uh, season, we actually had the opportunity to talk with Coach Sharon Zahusky from Wellsboro. And, you know, I, I feel like when coaches of your magnitude, her magnitude, you know, when you have two good squads that get together, I mean, is that something that uh, you really look forward to knowing that, you know what, it's competition like that that's really going to elevate you as a coach and really bring out your best as well? Yes, Absolutely. Um, and in that same respect, you know, we look forward to playing Wellsboro. We look forward to playing those challenging teams. And we actually um, travel to visit other top schools. You know, we um, set up uh, games with Horseheads and we set up games with Corning. And we, we actually went to two tournaments um, this season just to get a lot of those, you know, competitions. And um, we look forward to playing the teams here in our league and in our district. Um, but, yeah, you know, those, those really challenging competitions are, are fun. Um, they get you hyped up, they get you excited, um, you know, and that's really a fun part of, of sports in general is those, those tight head-to-head competitions. So you've got the district playoffs, obviously, right around the corner. Uh, what is it? Uh, what is the message, I should say, that you know you've been given to the team as you are winding down the regular season and getting into the postseason? You know, knowing that uh, this is really going to be the girls' first taste on the postseason level, where they are the ones now who have to step up. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, we we focus a lot on um, minimizing our errors, and that's one thing that we've been talking about, um, you know, today at our practice. We talked a little bit about minimizing those service errors, about um, ways that we can minimize um, the hitting errors and that type of thing. But um, a lot of it is just reading your opponent, you know, looking for those chances against the opponent, understanding um, the different types of hitters that might be there, looking out for the, the block and, and making sure that we're covering um, behind that block. We have um, a phenomenal blocking team this year. And we have, for example, our, our starting middle um, is just about on the verge of reaching her 100th block um, on the season, just the season. So I think that's a pretty amazing um, pretty amazing tally. But then my other middle is right there behind her, and I have a bunch of other girls who block too. So, you know, I feel like we have so much talent in these in these aspects. And so we do utilize those things, but we also work on, well, hey, what if they get touches on those blocks? You know, we've got to be able to cover that and, and all of these different aspects. So it's really a whole bunch of things that kind of comes together into this. Um, but we utilize our strengths. You know, we look to the other opponents to see, you know, where we can, where we can um, take our advantage and, and dominate. So. Coach, you've talked so much and raved so much about your team. I'm curious, and, and we'll get you out of here you know, with this one. Uh, what have you learned now being a head coach? I mean, I know you've been an assistant. You've been kind of groomed for this position, but now it is your team. And what have you learned being a head coach this year rather than an assistant? So I'll be honest. I was nervous going into this season. You know, I, I didn't know completely what to expect. I, I had confidence in myself as a coach, but um, this was a whole new role for me. So there was a little bit of a, of a learning curve there. But at the very beginning of the season, I told the girls, you know, right off the bat that um, this is not you working for me. This is us working together and that we were going to build this team together, that I would listen to their 
you know, suggestions because these girls have played for a lot of years too. Um, and I think that really helped in the beginning to kind of create that rapport. Um, you know, now we just, we have a blast together and we understand, you know, they understand my expectations. Um, they understand their rotations and what I expect to see on defense and, and those types of things. They're not afraid to speak up and say, Hey, you know, I, I feel like this isn't quite working. What can we do? Um, and so it's a great, it's a great teamwork um, environment. But yeah, I, I, I totally was a bit nervous coming into the season, but it's really, it's really worked out well. Well, Coach, I got to tell you, you know, much success to you and the Lady Mounties this season, you know, and it just seems like you guys and girls have all just kind of, you know, meshed together and really made this season successful. And, you know, we really want to thank you for being a part of the podcast. And, uh, you know, it's really a great time to reach out and really uh, get this team, you know, some some notification and some exposure out there for folks who may not have followed uh, your great successful season. And, of course, uh, you know, I definitely want to thank you for, uh, you know, serving up that big piece of humble pie for Joe and I, because, you know, every now and then people in the media, we need this. And because of you, coach Jennifer, you have now given us our first big piece of humble pie this year. Oh, well, you're very welcome. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's Coach Jennifer Nowry from the North Penn Liberty Mounties. And, Coach, again, as we said, uh, a big thank you to you for taking some time here to join us on the Northern Tier League Now podcast. And, of course, uh, much success uh, to you and the Lady Mounties as the season continues. Great. Thank you so much, and thanks for having me. You can follow the NTL Now podcast on social media. Follow NTL Now on Facebook by searching NTL Now Podcast and on Twitter by following at NTL Now. That's right, folks. And remember, you can follow the Northern Tier League on Facebook as well. Search Northern Tier League to follow all the updates from around the league. And, of course, uh, you can focus uh, on the Northern Tier League on Twitter as well. Give them a follow at NTL Athletics. So really giving a big shout-out to the league itself and also uh, the podcast as far as social media goes. But, hey, increase the following wherever you go because uh, any platform you can follow Northern Tier League Sports That is always a good thing, and that is exactly what we are here to promote uh, right here on the Northern Tier League Now podcast. So, Joe, as we uh, move on here on the podcast, uh, again, want to thank head coach Jennifer Nowry from the North Penn Liberty Lady Mounties for stopping by with us here this week. But, uh, Joe, it is time to move on to what I know a lot of people tune into the podcast for, and that is Pigskin. It's rivalry week, too. Oh, rivalry week. You've got district standings on the line. I mean, there is so much in the football world to discuss. And, well, that is what we are here to do uh, to give uh, not only our uh, kind of assessments, but our breakdowns, kind of what we see coming. And that's exactly what we are about to do right here uh, in the Northern Tier League. Now, of course, uh, let's give some quick scenarios here as we get ready to head into Rivalry Week, okay? So there is a scenario in the Northern Tier League large school, okay? If Canton should defeat Troy in the old shoe game coming up on Friday night, the Canton Warriors, the Troy Trojans, and Wellsboro, if they defeat North Penn Mansfield, will all be three-way co-champions in the Northern Tier League large school. But if you're the Trojans and you win the old shoe game on Friday night, you are outright uh, league champions for the Northern Tier League large school. And, of course, uh, as we talk about the large school, want to again congratulate Sarah for winning the Northern Tier League small school division uh, last week with their win over Muncie. But, man, still great to see so much on the line here, just adding to the fire of rivalry week. Oh, yeah. I mean, if, it, it's really funny. I know we talked about it earlier in the year. We, we knew that. Troy and Canton were going to be two of the league's top schools and top teams. And what better way to have the old shoe game kick off than just huge league impl- implications? I mean, it really just ups the ante. I mean, I've heard people talking about it all week. And then a lot of people I know are going to be scoreboard watching the Troy and North Penn game, too, while they're over at the old shoe. So, I mean, Shane, this is awesome. It really is. Now, of course, uh, you've got to talk about the District 4 power rankings right now as we are heading into the uh, you know postseason next week. Of course, this being the final week of the regular season. So, quickly, in the Class A District 4 power rankings now, these are updated uh, as of Wednesday this week. So, this is where we have right now. Okay, so you've got... Canton at 8 and 1 as the top seed right now, Sarah at 7 and 2 as the second seed, Muncie the third seed and South Williamsport the fourth seed. Muncie and South Williamsport 
five and four on the season thus far. Still some things to be determined in the three four spots. Muncie's got a big one with Hughesville for their rivalry game coming up Friday night. South Williamsport area playing a very tough Loyal Sock team. So I don't know exactly how the figures are going to go. All I know is if uh, both teams win, more than likely South Williamsport's going to end up as the three seed. But even a Muncie loss may jump South Williamsport over them given the fact that, uh, you know, even, well, I should say if both teams lose, I think South Williamsport still might get the edge just because of opponent's winning percentage and with Loyal Sock being a, a higher class school. So still going to be interesting to see how this breaks down in Class A, but as of right now, Canton and Sayre pretty much assured home games next Friday. Yeah, it's really going to be interesting to see how it all breaks down. And we also talked when we were off air that, Wellsboro and North Penn might be playing each other it's, two weeks in a row. You know what? Hey, we got to look at the double A standings now as uh, Joe segues us in. Uh, of course, at the top for uh, the District 4 double A bracket, you've got Southern Columbia sitting at the top at 9 and 0. You've got Mount Carmel area right now uh, sitting at 7 and 2 overall as the two seed. Troy and Wellsboro, both 8 and 1. Troy sits as the three seed, Wellsboro as the four heading into this week. North Penn Mansfield, they sit right now as the five seed, four and five. Uh, and then six, seven, and eight go to Bloomsburg, Line Mountain, and Tawanda, six, seven, and eight. But that, of course, leads us to the bronze helmet game on Friday night where Tawanda and Wyalusing will play. That one could determine not only who gets the eighth seed, but potentially uh, even maybe sneaking into the playoffs uh, as the uh, seven as well, depending on how Line Mountain goes. They're going to actually take on an undefeated Upper Dolphin school coming up on Friday night. So even Line Mountain still has a test left uh, if they're able to uh, uh, kind of shake things up there at the bottom side of the bracket. But, yes, uh, right now, Troy sitting good for a home game, Wellsboro as well. But, uh, you know, who knows how this is all going to shake out uh, once the regular season ends. I mean, a Troy loss or a, a Wellsboro win, and who knows where uh, the standings may go, you know, because quite frankly, I don't have enough scientists around me to try and decipher this power rankings formula. But for the most part, I mean, this is just kind of uh, where we sit right now uh, with the District 4 playoffs. Uh, a quick wrap there. Uh, through the standings and the power rankings. But basically, every coach this week is just telling their team, win, baby, win. Yeah, and you want to take care of business in the last week of the season so you can set yourself up for success when the playoffs start. That's what this is all about. It's why we play the regular season. You want to get yourself in a place for success. Take care of business this weekend. All right, so now that we've covered the district side of things and kind of giving you an update on where that all goes, Joe, we've got big matchups. Rivalry week. I will allow you to pick what rivalry game do you want to start with. I kind of have a feeling where you will probably go only because I know it's uh, it's familiar territory with you. So if that's the place you want to start with, I have no problem with it if we want to uh, lead in uh, with that one. Well, believe it or not, and I don't know, maybe we're on two different pages here, but I want to talk about North Penn and Wellsboro first. I thought that was okay. the game you were, right. you were going to want to start yeah, with. Yeah, I mean, this is I've covered this game for the last three years when I worked over in Wellsboro, and, and it this game means a lot to these two communities, uh, and everyone flocks out from these two, two places to see it. But I, I think that the way this one is going to transpire, now North Penn played a heck of a game last week against Canton. I mean, they really... I think they're a team that, as the years gone on, they've gained the experience. They're very young, very, very young. But the, we can tell that these kids are gaining experience when it counts. They played Canton very well, but I think Wellsboro is just—I think Wellsboro is going to win this one. I think there's too much Aiden Hauser all the time, and and, and it's really it's really tough to to stop this kid. He's been dominant all year long, and I just I think that it's going to be tough for the young squad of North Penn to stop. Here's, here's the one thing I'm going to say that I think bodes well for North Penn coming into this ball game is you can't discount the fact that North Penn has had some extra practice time now to get ready for Wellsboro. I mean, they played a day earlier. I know you're saying, oh, well, it was just a day, whatever, but still, hey, any amount of extra practice time, extra film time you have can definitely bode well. Here's another thing. I'm not going to say a grass field can slow down speed, 
But, you know, we've had some rain here in the Northern Tier League. Anybody who knows tradition and history knows North Penn Island Park may not be the best field for drainage around the Northern Tier League. I'm just saying, but I'm just saying. And, you know, sometimes, you know, a little uh, field sloppiness can kind of be a little bit of an equalizer. I'm not saying Wellsboro still doesn't have the components to win. I think on paper, you obviously have to tip the scales in the favor of Wellsboro. But I think that uh, a, a sloppy field, maybe, uh, you know, some, some wetness on the field can definitely make for uh, an, an interesting, a much closer matchup, I should say. Well, you know what they say, there's no place like home. And if I'm North Penn, I want to be playing this game at the friendly confines of Island Park. I think, well, I agree with you, it, it could slow down some of their skill players. Wellsboro relies heavily on their speed. And if they don't have... Weather is the great equalizer mm -hmm. in this sport. So and I think we could see that. I mean, you make a great point. Now, one other thing to kind of keep in mind here, okay? Last week, not knowing uh, the complete diagnosis of everything, Aiden Hauser last week got a little nicked up last week against Wyalusing. I don't know the full scope of it. Obviously, you know, nobody's really going to put out the full thing. But, you know, you hear potential uh you know Aiden Hauser injury this is where the scope of everybody in Wellsboro goes <laughs> the collective breath gets held and you know he's probably he's gonna play there is no doubt in my mind Aiden Hauser's not gonna play in this game the question becomes how much did it linger during the week did it take away some reps that becomes another thing as well but I think what's kind of their uh fallback plan is Isaac Keen has become so good this year and you just have to give props where props are due and I think you know even if it becomes a point where maybe Hauser can't take as much of the load I think Isaac Keen has just matured so much that Wellsboro's in such a great spot right now and I think an unknown name for Wellsboro who has not gotten his credit or just due this year Alex Burl as a kind of a spot back Man, he is a great between-the-tackles runner, and I really hope uh, you know that uh, he finishes off this season well because he's a really nice change of pace for them. He's a chain mover, and that's what you want on that team. And, and I, I'm gonna, I want to go back to talk about Isaac Keen a little bit. You mentioned him early in the year. A lot of people said, well, Wellsboro's quarterback situation is a little sketchy, but Coach Hildebrand and his staff have, have really gotten Keen up to speed on that offense, and like you said, he's really – become a nice piece to that offense he can make some of those throws that you need when Hauser's being uh accounted for so I, I I agree with you I think that Isaac Keene might be a player we're talking about come Saturday morning when if Wellsboro's able to pull it out if Hauser is not ready to go now here's another factor we'll throw into the mix as well and now I'm going to tip the scale to the boys in blue okay North Penn Mansfield Colton Litzelman although North Penn's record may not show it I know his last name's not Burley, who North Penn is used to seeing as a quarterback. Colton Litzelman has really kind of, you know, he's grown leaps and bounds too as this season has gone on. Now, trust me, uh, watching that game at North Penn last Thursday night with North Penn and Canton, had it not been for maybe just a couple of nerves, maybe some jitters, you know, uh, Litzelman shows he's got some arm strength. And not only that, that Tokars kid for North Penn Mansfield can fly. So, I mean, North Penn Mansfield, uh, they've got some weapons they're going to throw out there. I mean, don't just think because Wellsboro's 8-1 and one and uh, North Penn Mansfield is 4-5 and five, that this is going to be a cakewalk. I mean, you're going to see pads cracking all night. This is pride on the line. And when North Penn Mansfield gets Wellsboro at home, it's... Well, you know Wellsboro is going to get the best from the Panthers they for will. sure. They'll and and Coach Dickinson is going to have that team ready to play. And I'm glad you brought up Witzelman because he looked really good last week against Canton. Mm -hmm. I mean, watching him throw the ball, I was like, man, this kid's got good pocket presence, a nice arm. And I think that if, he, if those receivers get a little bit more experience here in a couple of years, I think, man, we might have a offense a spread offense out there in Blossburg that might look a little bit like when we had the Burleys, but just a Litzelman on the back of that jersey. That's going to be the Jones Memorial Trophy game coming up uh, Friday night at Island Park in Blossburg. Now let's segue to another one of these rivalry games. And, you know, if you would have asked me mm, maybe 
five weeks ago, I'd have told you the rusty rail with Athens and Sayre could be a lopsided affair uh, with the Redskins, given the fact that they were high-flying. Athens was still trying to find themselves a little bit. I, not so fast, my friend, in the homage of Lee Corso. This one is still tingling in my mind right now on where this could potentially go because the more I see Athens, God, I love Mason Lister. This kid as a freshman quarterback has been nothing short of spectacular for head coach Jack Young. And the one thing that I think Athens can exploit, and I'm not saying they're gonna, I don't know if it's going to happen, I don't know if Sarah has somebody who can match up with Keegan Rude. Now, I don't know if Athens defensively can stop Sarah from scoring, but I don't know if Sarah's got somebody who can stop Keegan Rude, and we saw how good Keegan Rude can be uh, against uh, Canton and uh, some other schools this year. But, uh, you know, if Sarah's going to be able to win that game, they've got they've got depth as athletes, but Keegan Rude and Shane Reed, they're going to find a way to get theirs and Mason Lister's grown as this season has gone on for the freshman. I don't know if this is going to be uh, as a more of a confident stare victory as what people might think. I think Athens will keep this one closer than the experts think. Well, that's quite the shocking take. I mean, I, I had it going, Sarah, pretty handedly. I mean, I, I do got to give credit to Athens. They have looked better these last few weeks. I mean, Lister has looked good from the pocket, poised, and, and for a freshman, I was impressed with him What with what little I've seen of him. I think Athens is trending up. I think they are going to be a good team moving forward, but I, I don't know. I just feel like Sarah has too many skill position players that I don't know if Athens can account for him. I mean, I, I think Firestein might go off in this game. I I, I'm not going to sit here and dispute you. I, I think, you know, Sarah definitely has a lot of good things going for them. Obviously, you know, they can spread it out. They can let points fly as they may. Braden Horton obviously has had a great season for the sophomore quarterback. But uh, for Sarah, another good thing they have going for them, they're home. They're on their home field, the Lockhart Street Bowl. That place is just a place of haunted nightmares, okay? I have personally been a part of a haunted nightmare game at the Lockhart Street Bowl, you know, and a lot of people out there who are listening, uh, if you can just, all I'm going to say is 1998, that's all you need to know, and a lot of folks out there, uh, you know, will kind of probably uh, know who I'm, know what I'm talking about uh, if they are familiar with my history and background as well. But, uh, yes, the Lockhart Street Bowl, that place can be a crazy place to play. You're going to have the entire Valley there, uh, you know, to cheer on their teams. And, of course, you know, like you said, uh, for Athens, it's a matter of how do you find the athletes to match up with the depth of Sarah? If they can do that, I think they can keep it close. If they do not, obviously, Sarah's going to run away with this one. But I think right now, two key things going into this matchup. One, how does Athens bounce back after last week's throttling? I mean, they took it on the chin against Troy, who just dominated from the outgoing can Athens rebuckle their chin straps, regain some confidence to come into this rivalry game? On the other side, how does Sayre uh, come back down after the high of winning the Northern Tier League Small School last week? They know they've already got a home game in their back pocket. I mean, how does Coach Gorman get this team up for this rivalry game is what I'm going to be interested to see. Well, I mean, it is the rusty rail, so you, that's, that's one way you get yourself up for it. But also, I mean... You don't want to lose. You don't want to lose, to, and it's in Athens. No, it's in Sarah. Oh, it's in Sarah. That's right. That's right. It's, it's, it's all Cart Street Bowl. So yeah, you don't want to lose in front of the home crowd there. I, I think that Sarah's going to be ready to play. I don't think there's going to be any uh, emotional slope off, if you will. But yeah, Shane, I, I I think Sarah wins this one. Okay, so that leads us now to the bronze helmet game. You've got Tawanda and Y losing. Okay. I have no clue how I even want to start or even try to dissect this one. You've got both teams two and seven on the season uh, for Wyalusing. You know they've got uh, the win at the early part of the season. They haven't had a lot of success coming down the stretch. Tawanda, I thought they were riding the ship, and then they let one against Hughesville last week slip out of their fingers. So now I'm kind of back to uh, point A and. 
where do I go with this one? Joe, help me out. Where where am I looking here, my friend? I think what these two teams need to focus on in this matchup is finish the season strong. Take this rivalry game and do the things well that you know you want to do. We haven't done these things well all season. Let's do them well in this last game. And I think that's why losing and Tawanda got to play for. Also, like we've talked before about earlier, it's a rivalry game. Beat your rival. You don't want to lose to your rival. And, I mean, I, I think that Tawanda wins this one because they are – I've seen a little bit of, of them. I think that their play is kind of trending on the upscale. Why losing? I think they're still trying to find a little bit of that identity. I mean, I, I think that they want to be this high-flying offense, but it, it I don't think it's worked for them yet. So, I mean, maybe they can figure out some of those bugs in this game. Here is the one reason I will tip the scale to Tawanda. Tanner Kunkel. Kunkel will be the best athlete on the field, bar none, and he is going to have the ball in his hands for the majority of the night. I think if Tawanda can keep him upright, they let Tanner do what Tanner does. I really feel like Tawanda is going to go to Wyloosing, pull out this victory, get on to the District 4 playoffs. Now, if Wyloosing finds a little more mojo, uh, they do have the athletes on the outside, you know, that, uh, you know, given a rivalry game, they can make their things go as well. But if Wyloosing is going to pull off this win in the bronze helmet game Friday night, Mitchell Burke has to play the best game Mitchell Burke has played all season long. He's got to be very quick and decisive with the ball. He's got to make completions. He's got to get the ball in the hands of Isaiah Way, Kashawn Cameron, and Shane Fury. Let those guys make plays in space. That's going to help Wyloosing uh, potentially win this one on Friday. Yeah, I, so it sounds like you're saying it's going to be a battle of the quarterbacks. I really do, but I think you know I'm going to put the onus on the senior. This is Tanner Kunkel's senior year potentially his last game as quarterback for the Black Knights. This is a time where, as a senior, you're the leader. You've got to be uh, accountable here in this one. You've got to find a way to bring your team to victory. And, uh, you know, watching him uh, throughout these last four years, I just feel like, you know, he's, this is his moment. And I feel like this is what's going to be the uh, scale tipper uh, for the Black Knights coming up on Friday. And, of course, uh, just a quick note uh, for those of you out there who may not be able to make the bronze helmet game. Remember, you can catch that uh, on 95.3 The Bridge. Also, you can listen live uh, at 953thebridge.com or on the TuneIn Radio app. You can download that on your smartphone or your iPad and listen live uh, to that by searching uh, WTTC. Kenny Lane, Mickey Fox will have the call for you from Peterson Stadium coming up on Friday night. So we've got three of the four rivalry games taken care of in the books, and that, of course, brings us to the Grand Poobah. The old shoe. The main course for rivalry matchups here in the Northern Tier League in 2019. You've got the Canton Warriors, 8-1, hosting the 10-mile rival, the Troy Trojans, also coming into this one. 8-1 and one on the season. Now, Joe, I, of course, will be calling this game on Wiggle 100 Friday night along with my buddy Bobby Baker. I will give analysis. I will not lean any type of tipping the scale sort of way, but uh, I am curious to hear uh, some thoughts you might have leading into this old shoe game coming up on Friday. I mean, I think that when the schedule, obviously, can't and Troy always play at the end of the year, but just seeing how these two teams have played throughout the course of the season, a lot of people have been anticipating this one. And I, I kind of feel like in my best judgment, I got to go with Troy in this one. They have just been playing lights out all season long. That running game has been phenomenal. Both the offensive and defensive lines are winning in the trenches every down, every game. And I, Canton has played well. I mean, they, they have, they've dominated most of their competition. Things that concern me going into this game have been struggled against Athens, okay? Uh, lost pretty handedly to Wellsboro, and then last week kind of you know struggled on the road. I know North Penn's a tough place to play. It was a Thursday night, but it wasn't until kind of late that they really put the Panthers away. And I wanted to see them after losing to Wellsboro go into Blossburg, put the Panthers away early. Let's get that game out of the way 
and get ready for this old shoe. And I just, I'm, I'm a little, I'm a little, little nervous for the Warriors going in. Can I summarize your concerns into one word? Have at it. Consistency. And that is where Troy, I think, has had their edge all year long. Whereas you've mentioned, you know, Canton has had their struggles throughout the latter part of this season. Troy has kept a consistent flow all year long. And like you said, it's been the running game. Of course, last week, talking with uh, line coach Joe Millard, you know, and Joe said, look, this group has been together. We saw this coming, and, you know, they've just kind of grown together, and that's really where the consistent model has been, whereas, you know, Canton was flying high through those first four weeks of the season, and then, you know, they, they went to Muncie. They took care of business. Even that night wasn't a pretty win. I mean, they've won, but it hasn't been pretty. There's been a lot of ugly wins, and, of course, you know, you'll take ugly wins along the way. Wellsboro, of course, that one you just chuck out. That that night was just the bad night you knew was going to happen. You just chuck it out, and now you know you get ready for this one. Now, of course, here is the one thing about this whole week of preparation, okay? Both of these teams, both of these coaches, they know what each one's going to do. There is no secrets. Everybody knows what's coming. Troy is going to ground and pound. Canton is going to mix it up. They're going to be a little bit different, you know, with ground and also air. You know, I think you're going to see Canton throw it a little more, probably, uh, you know, mix in a lot more, you know, play action, stuff like that. On the flip side for Troy, you know, Dom Ayers, he will have his moments. He will take his shots. But for the most part, you're going to see a heavy dose of of, uh, Caleb Binford, Damian Landon, who, of course, now, quick side note, him and Aiden Hauser now neck and neck for the league rushing title after Landon's 300-yard performance last week. But still, this is a heavy dose of a Troy run game you're going to see. And now it's the onus is on Canton to somehow reach deep, find their consistency again to somehow slow down this mammoth line that nobody has figured out the combination to yet. I think one of the combinations to it is going to be some quick passes in their in their passing game i mean i i know that canton likes to run it with uriah bailey and carson steiner's been solid we've even got a nice little dose of owen westneski he's had some great runs but i want to see some benjamin knapp i mean i feel like hasn't really been utilized a whole lot in this offense this year i mean this kid is he's a stud let's use him get him the ball he's a playmaker and one thing last year that kind of tipped the scales for canton timmy ward not going to be back there so, Ken, show me something. What are we going to do this week? Well, here's one thing that I think has kind of progressed with the Canton offenses, and you mentioned, you know, Ben Knapp. I think that's a good thing for Canton. Not saying you don't want the ball in his hands, but what you want to do is you want to show you have to cover the field. And what Canton has done really well the last probably five weeks, Uriah Bailey has started to look to his second, to his third read. You've seen more Cooper Kitchen, more Joel Schoonover, even Nick May's gotten his as well, which I think is a great thing. If you've got to cover the whole field, that can be an added advantage for you. Ben Knapp, though, he, he's still the go-to. You know you can get the ball to Ben if you have to, but when you give a defense the opportunity to know that they've got to cover the whole field, that's a, that's a mental mind game, I think. So you think that's going to help... That, that bodes well for Canton, you're saying. I, I think that's a, a great benefit for them, knowing that Troy's going to have to play the entire field. They can't just take off and say, okay, we can't cover this guy. This guy won't get any attention thrown to him. I didn't even mention Cam Bellows, who caught a touchdown last week. He's even caught passes. I think he had three or four receptions last week. So, I mean... Bailey's starting to get other guys involved. Now, of course, you know, you, your, your focal point is Nap. There's no doubt about that. But if you're Canton, I think you've got to be happy with the progress of Bailey seeing the field, being able to see what else is out there as well, and being able to make sure, you know, that Troy's going to have to play defense on everybody, and they're going to make four guys cover out there defensively. As we know, Canton likes to go spread. But like I said, you've got to have the ball for that, and that's where Troy excels because their ground-and-pound offense has been so dominating this year that, you know, I, I, I don't envy the defensive coaching staff right now for Canton trying to figure out 
how this is all going to go down. But, uh, you know, one, one great thing about it is there's so much camaraderie and respect between these two schools, these two coaching staffs, that really, you know, both teams are hoping that, you know what, it's just it's a great game for the fans and the fact that both teams are healthy going into the district playoffs so the week after. But, you know, there's there's going to be some energy Friday night. You better get there early, and I'm not kidding. Yeah, there's not going to be much parking left over. And i got to go back to one quick little breakdown, too, with this game. I think that, and you might agree with me, I don't know if Troy has seen a, as complete of an offense since week one with Bald Eagle. So it's going to be interesting to see how Troy can, like you said, cover all the skill guides. Canton's going to spread them out. I want to see how Troy responds to this because I, I think it's been a few weeks since this defense has really seen an offense as good as Canton's. I will say Wellsboro week two. but They really started the season with Bald Eagle area and Wellsboro week two. I would say that you are right from the fact that, yes, uh, as far as just uh, athletes-wise, uh, as far as being able to spread them out, yes, this is probably – uh, the most athletic team Troy has faced probably in the last few weeks. So yes, that's going to add to it. But man, I mean, there's just there's just so much to say, so much to think about this game. But you're right. You know, the trenches are definitely going to be where you know if Canton's going to have a chance to win this one, those kids have to step up. They have to find their groove, and they've got to set the tone with Troy early and say, "Look, you're not going to bully ball us because if you let Troy." start grinding, mowing, and going, it's going to be a long night in the trenches for Canton. And I think that if the Canton defense can get even two stops, get that Troy offense off the field once or twice, they can win that game because there's not been many teams that have stopped this Troy running game this year. So that'll be big. If you can win that battle, like we've said, in the trenches, it is going to be huge for the Warriors. Well, we will see how this all comes about. And, of course, uh, Joe, as he said earlier – a little more consistency with Troy, kind of uh, going with your uh, with your pick this week, huh? Yeah, I mean, I I've watched both these teams all year long, and I, I get I just my my pick and my gut is is Troy wins this one. I'm sorry, Canton, but that that's where I'm going. I'm I'm going with Troy, and maybe who knows? Next week I'll get another slice of humble pie. I'll, I'll make sure I bring a plate and fork this time. All right, well that's that's a fair statement, but yes, uh, you know I'm looking forward to a good one. Should be a great one uh, Friday night at Miller A. Moyer Field in Canton. Folks, come on out and uh, cheer on both of these teams uh, from both communities. I know you're going to enjoy this one. All right, so that will also be our Wiggle 100 game of the week coming up Friday night. Bob Baker will join me for that action. And of course, remember, you can tune in at Wiggle 100, also online, wiggle100.com, and on the TuneIn Radio app by searching WHGL. So, yes, looking forward to calling this one. Always a great time. And uh, like I said, so much respect and camaraderie that uh, I'm looking forward to seeing a, a lot of uh, black, a lot of white in the stands because I think Canton's going black out for Friday night. Troy's going white out. So, hey, you know, either way, like I like to say with these two schools, basically they are separated by 10 miles and a shade of red. So yeah. this is this is what we're boiled down to. And you throw both teams 8-1, and one, possibly a share of the league title on the line. So many storylines, and I love it. It doesn't get any bigger than this, Shane. This is going to be a great weekend of football. I didn't call it the Grand Poobah for nothing, that's for sure. But, folks, uh, as we said, you know, get ready. It's Rivalry Friday. No matter what game you are heading out to, make sure you come respectful and just cheer on these athletes because, you know, that's what makes the magic of Rivalry Night is just the camaraderie, the respect, and just uh, go on out there and cheer your teams on and uh, be respectful about it as well. Uh, throughout the evening but that right there will uh conclude our pigskin talk as we get ready now to uh separate for a while and get ready to uh, meet up again for some more football action uh, coming up later this week and of course again folks uh, join us next week for another great episode of the northern tier league now podcast so yes good luck to all of our area teams whether it be uh, soccer whether it be volleyball and of course all of our football teams as well and joe as we get ready to head on out of here uh, for another week and wrap up another podcast do you have any final thoughts or words that uh, you'd like to pass along to the listeners? Whew, um, it's just a full week. I mean, I, I don't know where to start. I got cross country in the morning down in Bloomsburg, then uh, girls soccer tomorrow night, and full weekend of football. I mean, I 
doesn't get any more exciting than this, and I just I can't I can't believe we're district playoff time. It's flown by. My gosh, my apologies to the cross country runners. I totally let it slip through my mind. Uh, cross country runners, good luck to you as well at districts. Bring home some uh, glory from that, and we'll definitely uh, talk about you more coming up in next week's episode. But again, I uh, want to thank head coach Jennifer Nowry from the North Penn Liberty Mountaineers. Great to uh, talk some volleyball with her coming up uh, in this episode this time around. So hopefully uh, we'll get a chance to talk with her coming up a little bit later on down the road. But, man, what a great interview she was. Yeah, and it's it's been amazing to see how she's served us that humble pie. I mean, it, it's it's great to see that Liberty's still successful. All right, so on behalf of uh, Joe Carry on across the table, I'm Shane Wilbur. Thanks so much for tuning in for another edition of the Northern Tier League Now podcast. We'll talk to you next week as we keep bringing you more great episodes of the Northern Tier League Now podcast, another exclusive production of Circle W Sports. Thanks for listening to NTL Now, your Northern Tier League sports podcast. Keep following the Northern Tier League on Facebook and Twitter for more updates on the Northern Tier League. Audio from the NTL Now podcast may not be used without prior consent. Join us next week for more NTL Now, brought to you by Circle W Sports.